And good Sunday morning. It is January the 28th, 2018. It is a beautifully cold morning this Sunday morning. I'm telling you, I am so ready and so excited for the springtime. I want to first off start by saying we have been a little inconsistent here lately with our uh, online presence here on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud, as well as on Facebook. Frank and I have been having some scheduling issues. Of course, his son Matthew uh, took a nasty spill uh, with an epileptic seizure, uh, did receive some injuries to his face, but is recovering well at home. His family, Frank and his wife, along with his other daughter, are monitoring uh, Matthew as he continues the healing process, and we are so thankful that Frank has been such a great partner of our podcast here at Faith in the Evening. And of course, we're so happy for our sponsor, Simply Stitched Designs of historic downtown Walnut Ridge, an incredible group of people, Amanda and Adam Prestige. It's a family-run business, uh, two good Christian people who have just been amazing, an amazing part of our podcast, and we're so grateful for them. You know, we uh, have got a few things that's been going on here lately. Uh, the Mount Vernon Baptist Church in Black Rock, uh, Arkansas, had a fest or a uh, winter blast uh, youth event last night, and it was around 130 kids. I'm, I'm guesstimating between all the groups that were there. There were groups from. Uh, the local community, as well as a couple of counties over. So definitely reaching far and wide on that had the group called After Grace, a uh, contemporary Christian band who is uh, phenomenal. Uh, Their music is just amazing. Uh, They had a praise and worship, a lot of prayer, a lot of uh, study for that night, and it was was a magical moment. We didn't stay very long for the event, obviously because it's a youth event, and I'm no longer a youth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nor is Frank, and I think he would agree with that. But we're going to continue our study on the dark side, confronting evil, as we talk about the battle plan. This is the sixth and final installment of this study, uh, and I am excited to be able to uh, to wrap this up today. Of course, we are missing Frank, and we wish we hope that he is here uh, this coming week. On October 8th, uh, 1871, a fire broke out in Chicago that killed an estimated 300 people left 100,000 others homeless, and destroyed over 17,000 buildings. Over the years, Mrs. O'Leary's cow took the heat, no pun intended, for the Great Chicago Fire, but historians eventually removed the blame from this poor animal. One good thing came out of this tragedy is that people became more aware uh, more aware for the need of fire safety. And since 1922, America has commemorated the date of the Great Chicago Fire by observing a National Fire Prevention Week. Schools perform fire drills where their students and firefighters encourage families to identify ways to prevent fires and establish plans for what to do when the fire does occur. We face the threat of a fire in another way. Satan, our enemy, seeks to harm us with the flaming arrows of the evil one. He continually seeks to tempt us and pull us away from God's gracious and loving desire for our lives. Satan may be crafty, but our Lord is greater, and he modeled us a foolproof plan to avoid getting burned by spiritual attacks. This is going to be an exciting series as we have wrapped this up, or an exciting end to this series as we wrap up today. We're going to be uh, looking in Matthew 4 as a part of our study. But before we do, we're going to take a quick commercial break to recognize our sponsor, Simply Stitch Designs. When we come back, we're diving deep and continuing our study here on the final section of The Dark Side, Confronting Evil. 
Searching for a hot new outfit but tired of everyone having the same look? Simply Stitch Design specializes in custom and personalized designs for screen printing, full color vinyl graphics, sublimation printing, embroidery, and direct-to-garment printing. Whether it's one item or a thousand, no order is too big or too small. Come by today at 110 Northeast Front Street in Walnut Ridge, Arkansas, or call 870-897-1288 for more information. It's Simply Stitch Designs in historic downtown Walnut Ridge. Simply Stitch Designs of Historic Downtown Walnut Ridge, an amazing group of people, Amanda and Adam Prestige, uh, owners of that beautiful building in downtown. It was recently renovated by John Walter, a um, local community member. He is definitely a key figure in a lot of the events that happen in Walnut Ridge, such as the Beatles at the, Mu- uh, Beatles at the Ridge Music Festival. Uh, his wife is the director of the Chamber of Commerce or president of the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, same thing. She's over the chamber, and uh, both of them are very big into volunteering their time for the community and helping to make Walnut Ridge a better place to live and, and better economically and uh, basically reviving this old building from the uh, mid to late 1800s uh, was a blessing in disguise because they renovated it and they immediately got a tenant. So it was it was an amazing feat for them. It's beautiful. If you're ever in the Walnut Ridge area, we invite you to go, invite you to go to Simply Stitch Designs. Take a look at some of their products and some of their services. I think you will enjoy uh, the great selection they have there and the customization work that they can do for T-shirts, mugs, uh, Yeti cups, Ozark Trail cups, whatever you have, whatever you need. They can take care of it, even for your churches. If you're looking for the next uh, screen printer for any kind of T-shirts that you're doing for an event, they are the place to go. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1-4 through four says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After he had lasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Then the tempter approached him and said, If you were the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. He answered, It is written, Man must not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, none of us are immune to temptation. For some of us, certain things continually tempt us. When we read of the temptations Jesus faced, we might be inclined to assume temptation wasn't a struggle for him because, after all, he's God. Surely he didn't face the temptations we face today. Well, think again. Jesus is God, but he's also fully man. Although he didn't face the exact same temptations we faced last week, he faced the same types of temptations. The writer of Hebrews had this to say about Jesus, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Satan came against Jesus with three temptations. The first temptation centered on Jesus' physical needs. The purpose of fasting is to focus on God through intense prayer, So Jesus had been feeding himself spiritually in prayer and communion with his Father. Yet he was likely weak on a physical level, since he had not eaten in 40 days. Satan attempted to exploit this weakness. If you were the Son of God, carries the force of jeering as if to say, why not use your power as God to meet a legitimate need in your own life? The temptation was for Jesus to misuse, even exploit, his messianic power for personal gain. Jesus insisted he would not act according to his own will, but only the will of the Father. Therefore, Jesus trusted the provision of his Father instead of taking action for self-gratification. You see, Jesus responded to Satan by quoting from the book of Deuteronomy, It is written, Man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus would live in obedience to the word of God and nothing else, no matter how physically hungry he may have been at the moment. 
he would maintain his trust in a loving father who would provide what he needed. And if we look at Matthew 4, verses 5 through 7, Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you were the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will give his angels orders concerning you, and they will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus told him, It is also written, Do not test the Lord your God. Satan is cunning, and since Jesus deflected the first attack by reminding the devil that we live in obedience to every word of God, Satan's next attempt involved using Scripture as a part of his temptation. Before he quoted Scripture, Satan took Jesus to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. The temple represented God's presence and power to the Jewish people. Therefore, if Jesus jumped from this highest point, he could demonstrate God's power because as Satan quoted in Psalm 91, 11-12, he will give his angels orders concerning you, and they will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. There's a big problem with that. Satan was taking the passage out of context. Satan used a psalm centered on God's care and protection for us when difficulties arise, then tried to justify putting God to the test. Instead of rightfully treating the passage as an acknowledgment of God's protection when harm comes, Satan tried to make a case for Jesus deliberately putting himself in harm's way. You've got to be careful with temptation and the trials that may come your way because Satan will use those to divide your life. We're often tempted to challenge God as well. The Israelites did that when they needed water in the wilderness. Instead of praying and looking to God for provision, they questioned and doubted his plan. They put God to the test. You see, years later, Moses reminded the people of this incident in Deuteronomy 6 and 16. Now as he stood before a scripture-twisting tempter, Jesus repeated the same command God taught his people through Moses. Do not test the Lord, your God. When we're tempted to question God, doubt Him, or put Him to test, we can stand strong by doing the following. Number one, know what God's Word says. We should always read a Bible verse or passage in its correct context. Scripture interprets Scripture. Jesus would not let Satan twist a passage of Scripture for his own agenda, and neither should we. Psalm 91 needs to be understood in line of Deuteronomy 6. The Bible corroborates the Bible. The more we immerse ourselves in Scripture, all of Scripture, the better we become at detecting Satan's lies. Rest in God's love and security. Know that Jesus, or Jesus knew the truth of Psalm 91, 11-12, which is that God does protect and care for us. God gives us no reason to question that or to test its truthfulness. We can always trust God regardless of what may tempt us to think otherwise. You see, God loves us completely, and nothing will separate us from His love and protection. What are then we to say about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Matthew 4, 8 and uh, through verses 10, again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all of the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. And he said to them, I will give you all these things if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus told him, Go away, Satan, for what is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Finally, Satan offered his boldest temptation. He took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all of the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. You see, Satan had offered his boldest temptation here. He could offer those kingdoms legitimately, since even Jesus acknowledged him as the ruler of this world. But why would Jesus even consider such an offer? After all, Jesus knew God's plan. 
Jesus knew he would ultimately gain all of these kingdoms and rule them forever. One thing made Satan's offer attractive. Jesus also knew that the road he was about to travel would include pain, suffering, and death. Jesus could avoid all of that if he accepted Satan's offer. It would mean the instant achievement of his goal without any of the suffering. We face the same type of temptation today. We want success, pleasure, possessions, things that are not uh, wrong in and of themselves, but are wrong when we take shortcuts to achieve them. But the temptation to take such shortcuts always comes with a catch, and Satan's offer to Jesus was no different. I will give you all these things if you fall down and worship me. Jesus had enough. Go away, Satan, for it's written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Pride will lead us down the enemy's short path to success, happiness, or whatever we're chasing, but the price we pay will destroy us. On the other hand, humility before God will ultimately lead us to experience far more than we can imagine. When tempted to take the shortcut and compromise our worship of God, we should remember God's promises. What no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, and no human heart has conceived, God has prepared these things for those who love Him. So we're going to take a quick commercial break before our final challenge here, and we continue on uh, for our conclusion of this study. We want you to keep in mind that no matter whatever trial or temptation you are facing, whether it's a temptation to commit sin or evil or a trial that you may be going through, understand you have the armor of God to defend yourself. It is a spiritual, mental, and physical war between God and Satan. They are both fighting for the souls of man. On one hand, you have an ever-loving God who just simply asks your obedience, your trust, your love, and your faith in Him versus someone who can give you everything in this world except for the one thing that God can provide, and that's salvation. Salvation through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, through His death, His resurrection of conquering death and the grave. That's your two options. And I want to make something very clear before we go to commercial break because I feel led to say this because somebody somewhere will hear this and understand. At this moment, you may be listening to this podcast and you're not born again. You're not saved by the blood of Christ. You're probably thinking, well, I don't need God. I don't need Christ. I, you know, what's, I'm not sure. Well, unlike uh, it's not too un- different from an airplane sitting in a terminal waiting on your airplane to depart. You've got a ticket. You can present that ticket if you accept it, this free ticket that you've been giving. We'll call it salvation. You can take it to the the stewardess taking the tickets to get onto the airplane. Now remember, this airplane leaves on time. You don't know when it's going to leave, but you need to be ready for when it does. You've got your ticket. You take it to her. You're ready to go. But if you don't, that plane is going to take off without you, and it's not coming back. It's the same thing with your decision today. Your decision to accept Christ can have everlasting consequences. You can accept Christ today and be born again and receive God's gift of salvation and enjoy an eternity spent with Him in paradise. Or you can deny His gift of salvation, His free gift of salvation, and spend an eternity, an eternal separation from God. That's your choice accept Christ's salvation, or deny God's love, his gift of salvation, and be condemned for all eternity. The decision's very real, and by not making that decision, you are in fact saying no 
So remember that. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be back after this. Searching for a hot new outfit but tired of everyone having the same look? Simply Stitch Design specializes in custom and personalized designs for screen printing, full color vinyl graphics, sublimation printing, embroidery, and direct-to-garment printing. Whether it's one item or a thousand, no order is too big or too small. Come by today at 110 Northeast Front Street in Walnut Ridge, Arkansas, or call 870-897-1288 for more information. It's Simply Stitch Designs in historic downtown Walnut Ridge. Simply Stitch Designs of Historic Downtown Walnut Ridge, the official sponsor for Faith in the Evening. We're so proud of Amanda and Adam Prestige of Walnut Ridge for sponsoring our podcast and being such good individuals, not just in general, but good Christians that uh, definitely love their community and love to help their community. So we're very proud to have them as our sponsors for this podcast. We're moving on. This is the Live It Out Challenge. We've got a few things that we want you to remember as you continue throughout this week. Based on the study that we've covered, What steps will you take to defeat the attacks that come your way? Well, we want you to consider the following suggestions. Number one, look to Jesus. Be intentional about keeping your focus on Christ. Lean on Him for strength to stand, knowing He understands. For since He Himself has suffered when He was tempted, He is able to help those who are tempted. Number two, stay clear. If you know people, places, or circumstances that fuel your vulnerability to temptation and spiritual attack, resolve to avoid these things. For best results, talk to someone else about your decision. Number three, memorize scripture. Make scripture memory a weekly discipline and habit. Begin with memorizing verses that address areas where you often feel tempted or under attack. Expect opposition when you step forward in faith. Spiritual attacks will come, but we can follow Jesus' example to stand against these attacks and remain victorious. You know, when an army of people work together to accomplish a goal, it becomes a formidable force indeed. An interesting passage in Genesis 11 describes the construction of the Tower of Babel in this biblical account. Ungodly people decided to build a city with an enormous tower for their own glory and prestige. They planned it out and began the challenge, and at first found success in their efforts. But God locked down, or looked down from heaven, excuse me, and basically said, because of their unity, nothing will be impossible for them. So he intervened. God divided them by changing their communication into numerous languages to prevent them from finishing their prideful monument. In the confusion and chaos, they abandoned the project and separated themselves by language, spreading out across the land. What is so striking about this passage of Scripture that God Himself noted that when people are unified, they are able to exert tremendous power and momentum, even ungodly people. So imagine how powerful unity can be for people who worship and obey the God of the universe. If they seek the Lord and act in unity, nothing can stop them. That's why the enemy does everything possible to keep God's people divided. Because once we come together in unity, we gain momentum and ground for the kingdom. United prayer is powerful, but prayer from a divided people, not so much. This is why removing bitterness towards others and choosing to forgive is so crucial. In fact, any pride or selfishness should be seen as an enemy of unified prayer. In John 17, Jesus prayed a beautiful prayer, asking God to unify believers into one body, that the world would know He was sent by God to bring salvation to the world. Psalm 133 and 1 echoes the same theme, how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. God loves and blesses unity. It speaks volumes about the body of Christ when we worship together and love one another as God intended. It also draws to our Savior, 
who died to cleanse our sins and now lives to intercede for us to God the Father. When people see unity, they see purpose, love, and power. It's attractive and beautiful. And when an army of people work together to accomplish a goal, it becomes a formidable force indeed. John 13, 34-35 says, I give to you a new command. Love one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Jesus' words are clear, and the model Christ gave us through his life and ministry makes it even more clear. We're to love our neighbor, and our neighbor is anyone and everyone who is a part of our lives. So before we can tackle this, this concept of prayer in a serious way, we need to not only evaluate our relationship with God, but also our relationship with others. That's our challenge this week, and that's our focus for the end of our Dark Side Confronting Evil study series. We are so happy, so privileged, and so honored to be able to bring you God's Word today. We know that some of you may be in church as this thing is being published here within the hour, and those of you may be getting out of church looking for additional words of encouragement and to help you in your walk of faith, and we're so thankful that you chose us to listen to. If you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, we invite you to ask a pastor today. You can call us at T-Word Media Studios at 870-679-1002. We'll be glad to pray with you and talk to you about Christ. If you want to talk to somebody close to home, Facebook is a wonderful tool as much as it can be addicting and it can be a sin in and of itself. There are plenty of churches and Christians out there that you can reach out to and ask about the message of salvation. There are plenty of podcasts that are out there on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and everywhere else that talk about the salvation of Christ. Start researching. Start listening. On behalf of all of us at Faith in the Evening, I'm so happy that you were able to join us. I pray that God watches over you and blesses you, that He guides you on your path every single day. Thanks for tuning in. God loves you, and so do I. Three, two, one.